Trigger work. What is it? And how do we go about doing it? Christina here with Nina's Journey. Each week, we're going to hang out and walk through a topic that's going to light our soul on fire. Together, we're going to unpack past experiences, talk through feelings, and so much more. Together on this podcast, we will learn to love, live, and grow. Because I believe when we learn to love openly, we will begin to live with vulnerability. And ultimately, that is when we grow. And we're back with Season 3, Episode 2, here on Nina's Journey, which is all about the season to be free. This week's episode, which, can we just celebrate for a second? This is the 25th episode that I've published on this podcast. That's a huge deal for me. It's a one-woman show. I create the content, I record, I edit, and I get it launched out there for you guys to hear. So I'm pretty proud of it. I know that the podcast itself has been up and down and it's been a journey overall, but it's something that I'm incredibly proud of. And I am working to keep that momentum and that energy so that I can keep bringing good content to you guys and we can grow together. We can walk together on this journey. This week, I'm actually sitting in my new space. It's a little bit janky. I'm not going to lie. I hope this sounds okay. Let me know if you are having any trouble with it. But uh, it's exciting because I'm here in this little like namaste space where I, I created it with all of the ideas of being able to meditate and create and do all of the things. So it's my space. It makes me feel right at home. I'm pretty excited. So yeah, that's what we've got going on. It's been a hot minute since we talked last. I launched season three in January. It is April. So you're like, hey, Christina, it's been a few weeks. What's happening? Yeah, um, about that. So I thought about taking down episode one so that I could put it all back together. But here on Nina's Journey, I'm raw and I'm real with you guys. And so I was incredibly excited to kick off the season and I got it all going and I launched that first episode. I don't even think I slept that night. Couldn't wait for it to pop up on the Uh, all the podcast platforms. You know, I I went into Spotify at 7.05 a.m. and it was there and my heart was so happy. And then uh, I got into some emotional space with my daughter as she was transitioning to a new school. And my husband was doing, you know, he's got his orders and it's just been a few weeks of like getting ground again. And I am feeling the best I have in a really long time. If I reflect on, you know, 2021, that was a really hard year. And I came into 2022 and I'm like, this is a brand new year. It's a brand new me, Nina's journey. We're going to pick it up. We're going to run. We're going to grow. We're going to do all these things. And uh, I have come to learn that I'm incredibly, I am incredibly ambitious and it's it's no surprise. If I have an idea, I'll run with it. But I won't like give myself realistic goals. Like, why would we do that? Let's try and climb Mount Everest in, say, six hours, right? That's really how my brain works. And so over the last several weeks, I've been really peeling back layers with all the things that I've learned in therapy, my continued work, and 
finding a foundation, finding a program for myself that allows me to be very, very realistic in how I manage my day job with my personal life and also trying to grow Nina's journey, which is a community of positivity and creativity and all the things here where we learn together and we grow and we walk on this journey. So Nina's journey is my dream. It really is. I actually in these last few weeks found that I I'm ready to outwardly express that in four years, I would like Nina's journey to be my day job. And that's what I've been doing over the last 12 weeks is figuring out how do I can do that without having a mental breakdown. Because I do work a full time job. I work at a local healthcare organization. I'm a business analysis manager. I've got a team of over 20. And we are doing implementations for our uh, revenue management solution and or our EHR into our revenue management solution. Not that that's um, what we're here to talk about. I don't want to put you to sleep. It energizes me if we talk about spreadsheets and all the things. But I um need to be sure that I am accepting the circumstances of my life, which are that I'm primarily here by myself with five kids and doing the day job and keeping people alive and dressed and fed and, you know, hopefully bathed, uh, including myself. So um, building a business has to be done very intentionally and sometimes I do get a little bit excitable and I get caught in that rut of hustle if I just work really hard if I just put in this many more hours if I just don't sleep and it causes burnout and then that burnout causes me to not feel creative when I take time to rest I find that my creative thought processes are much better and I want to be really honest when I create my heart is happy. I have so much joy inside when I'm creating, whether it's a post, whether it's an image, whether it's a video, whether it's a podcast episode. I just am incredibly surged with all of this. I just can't even explain. I don't have a word right now, but I'm here and I am folding in the podcast again with a little bit of adjustment to my schedule and how I'll manage this. So let's dive in. And this week, we're going to talk about the overview of the five steps to trigger work. I'll give a little brief description of each one in the upcoming weeks. We're going to go ahead and go through each step in a deep dive. But uh, if you got that book, it is From Triggered to Tranquil, that's what we're using this season, the season to become free. And let's hear from our sponsor before we jump in. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life is hard, and right now, it feels even harder. No one should ever feel alone during a time of hardship. That's why I have partnered with BetterHelp to bring you tangible tools and resources to help you work through your own journey. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They know a good match is the secret to your success in therapy. So if you need a rematch, you can. It's easy and free. This is not a crisis line. It is not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not always be locally available in many areas. 
This gives you access to expertise outside of your local community. The service is available for folks worldwide. Service is quick and seamless. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you can fit this in around your own schedule anytime, anywhere. Also, it is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp and I want you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Nina's Journey. That's Better H-E-L-P and join over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And right now, there's a special offer for the listeners of Nina's Journey. You'll get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Nina's Journey. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash N-I-N-A-S-J-O-U-R-N-E-Y. As I had mentioned, part one consists of six chapters, and this part is the practices for transforming reactivity. This week, we're going to go over chapter one, which is getting from here to there, highlighting the five steps of trigger work. Then in the upcoming weeks, we're going to take a deep dive into each one of these chapters, which represents each one of the five steps. The opening paragraph of the chapter is, as we do this work, we learn that having a hair trigger reaction does not mean there is something shamefully wrong with us. We may come to feel some underlying sadness or grief that our childhood conditioning has set us up to experience such insecurities, but grief about such things is actually healthy. When I initially read this book, I used a pen to mark all the parts that really stuck out to me. And as I was reflecting back, getting ready for this episode, the first few words that I highlighted or underlined in that chapter were, don't like to admit, getting triggered, normal, quite understandable, adversion to emotional discomfort, primary impediment to healing childhood wounds and showing up more present in daily life. I saw those underlines and I was just like, wow, those really are big moments of just understanding that this stuff is normal and that we're all okay. It's a part of growing up. It's a part of understanding who we are as people. And recently I had just watched the Mel Robbins TED Talk again on how to stop screwing yourself over. Like literally, that's the title of it. Go to YouTube, type it in. How to Stop Screwing Yourself Over by Mel Robbins. She talked about the brain having two speeds, idea and emergency break. The content of her talk is getting what you want is simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. She talks about the five second rule. It takes you five seconds to talk yourself out of something. And when it feels uncomfortable, the brain is going to pull that emergency break. That made me think of this space of trigger work. Emotional discomfort is primary impediment to healing childhood wounds and showing up more present in daily life. That's what Susan Campbell said. If we allow ourselves to be on autopilot and never challenge our discomforts, our adversions or 
these beliefs, these negative beliefs, then we choose to allow trigger responses to drive our boss. But let me ask you, who wants to be sitting on autopilot versus who wants to be taking the driver's seat? My hand's raised. I want to drive my damn bus. So let's hop in the seat. Put the keys in the ignition. We got this, friends. Let's talk about the five developmental tasks or life skills, as Susan describes it, that will set us on the path of a healing journey. So here they are. The five steps are admitting and accepting your insecurities, learning your unique trigger signature, pausing to regulate yourself, being with sensations and emotions, and finally, repairing and clearing the air. Now that we have the five steps, let's just take a small glimpse at each one of them. So the first one, admitting and accepting your insecurities. If I say acceptance, what comes to mind? What does that word mean or look like for you? By definition, acceptance is the action of consenting to receive or undertake something offered or the action or process of being received as adequate or suitable, typically to be admitted into a group. But for this exercise, let's think of what acceptance looks like for us, meaning how do we respond or act when we are in acceptance? For me, acceptance looks like a sense of calm. I don't feel chaos inside when I think about it. Acceptance of my PTSD is when I could say it without my heart racing. And when I had symptoms, I didn't feel like a failure. Instead, I was remaining calm and responding to my body's needs. As Susan describes the space of trigger work, she said that acceptance is achieved when you are able to notice and accept that you sometimes get triggered, that other people also get triggered, and that sometimes others get triggered by things that you do or say. Wow, if we just pause and stop and think about that, that is the description of grace. Understanding and accepting that we ourselves may become triggered, and that others can become triggered, and that we may end up triggering someone. It doesn't mean that we're intentionally trying to cause it, But when we're in this space of acceptance, we can know and be aware of what's happening. We can accept that as relational creatures, there is a certain amount of emotional discomfort that comes with the territory of being in relation with others. In this step, acceptance is truly not judging oneself or others as bad or wrong for getting triggered. It also is not defining if something trigger is trigger worthy. We all have our own individual responses, and that's okay. That's what makes us human. So let's give grace. Let's not define whose trigger is more, say, trigger worthy. The more that we can keep criticism out of the conversation, the less shame a person will have about an intense response or a surge of emotion. Like Susan says, Grief helps us accept the facts of our early history. Getting to a place where we will no longer blame others for our reactions, this is where acceptance takes hold, friends. When we rise above the need to blame ourselves or someone else 
for trigger reactions and sensitivities, we can become more objective to why we have emotions and how to respond to ourselves or those around us. And we can lean into healing. Really, it's a place of peace. Now we can move into the next step, which is learning your unique trigger signature. In the book, Susan uses the visual of handwriting as being unique in the way that it looks and feels. When we think about it, and as I was preparing for this episode, I had this visual of, you know, something like the signature, like our style or something, you know, people, we all have a flair that's unique to us. And when you open a letter from a loved one, you can tell it's theirs, right? Aside from just our signature or our handwriting, signature also can be like a signature phrase or an action that reminds others of us or reminds us of others. Trigger signatures are very similar. And here is where we'll introduce core wounds and how these contribute to all of this. Your trigger reaction will come or it will derive from the same core wound and reactions, it it has a similar feel. It's all interrelated. But our signature is the expression of our attachment style. See, there's six basic human needs. Love and connection, significance, certainty, uncertainty, growth, and contribution. The first four are the needs of personality and the other two are needs of the spirit. Core wounds are a really interesting thing if you dive into that at all, whether you're studying shadow work or human development or as we are, trigger work. And core wounds stem from our inner child and the development of that inner child. And core wounds tend to look like or be things like a sense of not being enough not being lovable to a parent or this feeling of being stupid, dirty, unwanted, or even ugly, no matter what your core wound may be, you can guarantee that this wound influences who you are and how you behave today. Here's why I take a slight sidestep because all of this is related to an attachment style, which this is a concept that I came across back in October It honestly was the weekend of my marathon, and I had decided I wasn't going to run it. Um, I had given it up completely that day, like like that. It was a few days before the marathon, and I was like, nope, I'm done running. And I was sitting at the computer just trying to search and understand more about myself. And as I was in search of something for my world, for why I felt like I was in shambles, anything. I was just seeking the universe to give me some guidance. I was struggling with myself and I was struggling in my marriage. Things felt like they were falling apart around me. And I came across attachment style. There was a YouTube video by Thias Gibson and she wrote the book Attachment Theory, a guide to strengthening the relationships in your life. On that article or that video, there was this link to a quiz on attachment style. And I ended up on the drive north to the cabin that weekend, listening to every video she had created on the fearful avoidant, which was the results of my attachment style quiz. But there will be more on that in later episodes. 
As we transition from understanding our trigger signature, we're going to move into the next step, which is pausing to regulate ourselves. Pausing. Do you do that? What does that look like for you or what does it feel like? Susan shared that pausing requires you to notice yourself doing some aspect of your trigger signature. Regulation really is then turning inward, giving attention inside and calming your nervous system. Body awareness, it comes in in moments like slow, deep breaths or visualization. Interestingly enough, I recently come across something that I thought would really help create body awareness and the response to triggers. It is called the IMPROVE method. Yes, the acronym IMPROVE, which stands for imagery, meaning, prayer practice, relaxation, one thing in the moment, vacation, and encouragement. So imagery, there's lots of ways to use imagery for stress relief. Here are a couple of options. Picture yourself in a place that makes you feel safe, peaceful, and calm. For me, I recently started using the visualization or the memory of me sitting on the balcony while we were in Florida listening to the waves in the morning when I was all by myself. You also can visualize the stress leaving your body. Or imagine yourself successfully working through the stressful situation and coming out stronger on the other end. Try it. Trust me. This really works. As far as the M, meaning. The best way to find meaning in a stressful situation is to try and answer some of these questions. Am I learning anything about myself? What lessons can I take away from this? How will things be different in the future? And in the grand scheme of things, how much does this really matter? I always ask my kids, is this going to matter in five minutes from now, five months from now, or five years from now? Moving on to practice and prayer. Prayer does not have to be religious, although it can be. It's about connecting with a force beyond yourself in any way that helps gain perspective. As far as working on a practice, that simply means just doing anything that helps you fill with a sense of purpose, something that brings you joy or helps you feel more grounded in yourself and the world around you. Next is the R for relaxation. We'll explore tons of relaxation techniques throughout our journey. Uh, In season two, there's an episode on meditation. But in times of stress, it's great to start with something that you already know that relaxes you. Like take a hot shower or listen to records or music that calms you. Read a book, anything, really, you know what relaxes you. The O stands for one thing in the moment. In times of trouble, our minds tend to run to the past or they speed up to the future. It's always this, did I really give my best effort or... I'll never be able to keep that weight off, or I'll never be able to keep up, or I'll never be a good mom. We really get stuck in the past or the future. That's anxiety, friends. So what you want to do is bring yourself back to the present moment by grounding your senses with one thing in your your environment. I use the 54321, and you can Google it. I pick whichever sense I feel like I can use the quickest. Uh, Typically, I will list off 
five things that I see in my environment. I will try and listen for four things that I normally can't hear. I will try to feel or touch three things around me. You get the concept, but you use all five senses and you give them uh, one of the numbers. The V is for vacation. Really, this goes back to this whole step, which is taking a pause. Take a vacation from the situation that you're struggling with. Whether it's five minutes or five days, physically or mentally, just removing yourself will calm your nervous system. And a calm nervous system is what's necessary for improving the moment and tackling the situation that's within or dealing with, say, your trigger response. And lastly, encouragement. When you're facing a difficult situation or, say, a trigger, you need someone in your corner. Friends are great, of course, but an overlooked option really is you. If you're in a time of struggle, if you're in a moment of trigger, take a moment to remind yourself. One way that I've learned how to better engage with myself is to pretend that I'm talking to a friend I really care about. And I talk to myself like I'm talking to them. So if you don't know what to say, just ask yourself, what would I tell somebody that I really care about in this situation? So we'll recap. I'll give you a quick hot second here to grab a notebook and a pen. No, really, you're going to want to write this down. It is improve. Imagery, meaning, practice or prayer relaxation, one thing in the moment, vacation, and encouragement. This is something that will help you with step three. This step that we're talking about, pausing to regulate, it is literally the first aid to reactivity. One of the most stressful of any condition is being triggered by someone who is important to us. So practice on the small triggers that's going to give you confidence and it's going to grow that muscle. There'll be a remembrance and you'll naturally be able to take on harder triggers like those that happen with a spouse or a parent or a child or anyone who we feel incredibly close to. Next, we're going to move into step four, which is being with sensations and emotions. See, when we get that body awareness, then we're going to be able to have an easier time noticing where we sense it in our bodies. Physically, did you know that you physically feel emotions? Do you ever get tension in your shoulders or do you have a pain in your stomach or in your heart? Anxiety manifests in a physical sensation. So this step really involves you taking the position of being a witness or say the noticer and keeping awareness, giving your attention to the sensations and connecting them to the emotions. So Susan teaches us that this awareness has two perspectives at the same time, like simultaneously. It enables you to hold space for yourself to allow you to comfort yourself. And two, it builds a foundation for a more intimate relationship with ourselves. See, when you learn how to be with yourself, you never have to feel all alone. And that brings us to the last step, which is repairing and clearing the air. See, 
repairing, this is really the money maker of this whole thing. If a trigger reaction is with another person, then it is uber helpful to approach them later and, you know, say reconnect or repair damages, apologize, or have a do-over or all of the above. Susan did state in the book that it may not be appropriate for some situations uh, because that requires consent of the other. However, she did say, and I might add here, this is a big one. If the trigger response occurs with a partner or a spouse, a close friend or a child, repair will absolutely be necessary. So since it's necessary, I want to give you the exact steps that Susan wrote in the book. And she states that typically in this step, it involves setting aside an agreed upon time for repair. And then once that time's arri- when that a time arrives, you will one, acknowledge that you are triggered. Two, apologize if appropriate. Three, reveal the emotional roots of the reaction. And four, ask for connection or reassurance. She goes on to give an example of repair looks something like this. When I walked out, I was triggered. I'm sorry I did that. It was probably my fear coming up that my needs don't matter. If I could do it over, if I could tell you what was really in my heart, I wish I could have asked for reassurance that we're okay and that my needs do matter. I know she gave this example to represent dialogue, uh, verbalization, or communication for us who would have been triggered to the person that it involved, I encourage you to actually have this dialogue with yourself as well. Walk through it. Give yourself that grace. Forgive yourself. Verbalize to yourself where the trigger was coming from. It will really help make all of this very fluid for you. So there you have it, the overview of the five steps to trigger work, which one stood out to you the most. I encourage you to really reflect on them. Go back, give it another listen. And then in the, in the upcoming weeks, listen to the deep dive for the step that really stuck out to you. Or maybe they all did. I can't wait. It's really important to note here that while the steps involve their own practices, they are all very interdependent. If you gain in one, then there's naturally going to be a gain within all of the areas. So pick one, my friend. Take one that feels the easiest. Heck, take pausing. That's a huge one for me. I have done so much better managing my own emotions and triggers with pausing and creating body awareness. I am looking forward to our next session and stay tuned for the chapter on admitting and accepting our insecurities. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Nina's Journey, learning to love, live, and grow. If you liked today's episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss any future episodes. I will leave you with this from Joel Osteen. Your job is not to judge. Your job is not to figure out if someone deserves something. Your job is to lift the fallen, to restore the broken, 
and to heal the hurting. And that's what we do here on Nina's Journey. 